Hi, Emmaus. Welcome back to the Proclaim and Display podcast, episode 13, where we help you show and tell the gospel to your neighbors and the nations. Back in the studio today with Jaron and Kennedy. What's up? Hey, Emmaus. Everyone's going to find out very soon why I almost didn't make it through that opening because of laughing and thinking about what we've just been talking about. Thankfully, we didn't turn the mics on too early today, so you're going to figure out very quickly why there's a lot of laughter today. But uh, So guys, if all goes as planned, this podcast should release on Wednesday, March 1st. March 1st is practically a holiday at Emmaus. Um, In fact, we should probably push for it to be a national holiday because March 1st, 2001 will forever be the day that Jim Leahy started serving on staff at Emmaus. Jim. Welcome. Yes. Good to, good to have you get or good to have you guys here. Yeah. Good to be here. You're practically in the thanks in for your inviting place. Us. Yeah, thanks for inviting us to your office. You know, I have, we have not been invited to your new office yet. So No, you're always welcome. Always, always welcome. That's a good view. Does it have a good view? Good view yeah. of the it's city. It's an awesome view. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Wow. Yeah. Did you get a corner office in no, the Baptist no, building? Just, I could see out uh, I can see the from sixth floor up there. So well, it's pretty awesome. So uh, it's better than your view you had here, looking out the tree from your, <laughs> from your office here. You had a great, you had a great view. Uh, do you do you have an office connected to your ministry center job or just to the children's home? Mainly, just being used in the children's home office. So uh, ministry center, we don't really have an office area. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, so it seems like there's a weird celebration for every day of the year. Uh, I went back and looked at this. So if March 1st is going to be Jim Leahy Day at Emmaus, mm-hmm. we should also point out that March 1st is National Horse Protection Day. Oh. I no idea. I guess with the boys. Save boy, the horses. Uh, you know, with Save the boys' the ranch. Yeah. You guys have yeah. horses at the yeah. boys' ranch. Save the horses day. Um, March 1st is National Peanut Butter Lovers Day. Okay. Sign me up for that. Yeah. National Fruit mm. Compote Day. <laughs> I have no clue actually what fruit what? compote is. What yeah. is that? Kennedy? Compost? No, no, not compost. <laughs> <laughs> compote. C O N P O T E. I just looked up a website. These are the only ones I could actually <laughs> actually like list. Owen just like came up. I did not come out with this. No, this is a website. A jelly or a jam? Compote. That's what I would assume. Heavy okay. on the solids, maybe? Sorry, Emmaus, so. that we don't know what na- fruit compote is. So, not compost. Okay, but last but not least, March 1st is National Dadgum That's Good Day. <laughs> is that not amazing? <laughs> that is awesome. I think that's got to be the best one. Uh, so, Jim Lee Hughes' staff anniversary at Emmaus is Dadgum That's Good. I like day, that. So. that I like Which that. means basically there are a lot more days that we can celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We've got to keep that. Yeah. So, I think that sounds like a new segment for the podcast mm. because we've been power ranking things. And then we tried out the Mount Rushmore, but you list your top four that would mm. go on Mount Rushmore. And then we tried the way back machine. So I think we have a new segment on the podcast that's just called the Dead Gum That's Good. Yeah. I think there's <laughs> there's potential there. So okay. mark me down. All right. We're yeah, we'll we'll try that going forward, how that works out. So well if you're listening today and you don't know Jim Lehue and you've made it three minutes and twenty seconds into this, uh, Jim served for over twenty one years as associate pastor at Emmaus, doing all kinds of things, education. Uh, holding things together around the office, but his main role, main focus was local and global missions. Um, And we thought today it'd be good to catch up with Jim to hear how God is working in his life now, and you're going to hear more about that new season that he's in. But first, Kennedy, you're leading missions now for Emmaus, so catch us up on any opportunities for the summer, what's going on around Emmaus. I saw you all had a lunch meeting today going on. Get us caught up on, on missions at Emmaus. 
Yeah, so this past week we went and delivered the supplies that a lot of the Sunday school collected for Hope is Alive, and so that was amazing. We had lots of supplies that we were able to bring them just to kind of help their houses stock up for the year as far as cleaning supplies, you know, paper towels, goods like that, and they were super appreciative. Um, I know that Hope is Alive, a lot of us um, really care about their ministry, and so doing things like that just helps support their ministry, and so they were super encouraged by that and people may not know i'm sorry to cut you off once you keep going people may not know we have a group of guys that go almost every monday Mm. night to one of the hope is a life homes and help out with the bible study and so yeah we've some neat connections that have come out of that yeah for sure and i just feel like hope is alive is just an incredible ministry that walks alongside people constantly you know gives that 24 7 care and so it's just a good way that we can support with hope is alive um also right now we're like in i mean for real mission trip planning mode (laughs) like it it's happening so we're super excited um today which we're recording this on sunday um and this will come out on wednesday march 1st but today we had um a mission trip meeting for our eurasia trip and um things are going really well for that um we on wednesday which would be today if you're listening (laughs) um, when it comes out. But um, we will have our Panama interest meeting. Um, just just to kind of lay out those details of if you're interested in going to Panama. So um, we have two really great um, mission trips that we're offering this summer, and we're just really excited to see what the Lord will do with those. And that Panama trip, we're still looking at July 5th? Right, July 5th through the 12th. Okay, Okay. no, that's great. Thinking about Hope is Alive, I remember... I don't know how long I'd been at Emmaus. It couldn't have been more than a few months. And Jim, you may remember more of this story than, than I do, but you came in and were you were telling me about this new ministry called Hope is Alive, and you knew it was getting started. And these were early days of, of Hope is Alive. Did you hear about that from Wendell? Or where, where did you first hear about Hope is Alive? I think it was actually from Lance. From Lance. Um, was hearing about what he was doing, and then I knew Lance's grandfather, uh, Larry Adams, he served as pastor at First Baptist Church Piedmont, and then he was at the retirement center. So I knew his grandfather, and then, you know, just started following that, um, what Lance was doing. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I always meant to ask you how we first got connected to Hope is Alive, but I remember as a, a new pastor at a church, you're always just thinking, oh, I don't want to get us into too many things or being so careful, and and I'm so thankful that's a ministry yeah, we've been able to, to connect with and that, that Jim was able to guide us into that and and keep that going. So, well, Jim, before we hear about your testimony and we talk about how the Lord's at work in your life, just catch us up on current ministry roles. What what are your roles right now? What, what are you up to these days? Well, right now, it's uh, I'm currently just kind of halving my time basically between the Oklahoma Baptist Homes for Children and with the North American Mission Board with Send Relief. Uh, so with the uh, Children's Home, I've been serving as their Director of Human Resources, and we have about 120 employees that are full-time, about 30 part-time around the state. Uh, and we've got, uh, you know, four campuses in Edmond and uh, here right next door to Emmaus are single mom's cottages uh, in uh, Medill and in Owasso. So all of those are incredible ministries uh, serving kids and their families. Um, and then we have uh, seven whole pregnancy centers around the state, uh, and then the mobile unit that goes, so eight locations basically that are ministering all around our state. And, you know, it's an exciting ministry. And I think Kennedy, just as she referred to Hope is Alive, you know, just that 24-7 care 
Uh, in fact, uh, this week, uh, Friday, uh, we hired uh, James Swain as our right, new yeah. president for Oakland Baptist for Children. And, uh, you know, James and I have talked and, you know, we had some great candidates, but just talking through uh, OBHC does what any one local church can't do alone, uh, but uh, OBHC can't do it without the church. And so, you know, living next or working next door to uh, the South Campus for the last uh, 21 years, uh, there was incredible ministry that's taken place, but we could never do that uh, by ourselves. But coming alongside them, they're getting to do that 24-7. And then what Emmaus gets to do is come alongside them. And it's fun to see uh, our Sunday school classes, our small groups, uh, caring for those single moms and uh, for the kids' classes, uh, for our nursery. I know uh, that a lot of times uh, people may get really tired and all of that, but that respite care that they're providing for those single moms and their kids and for our staff is just incredible. So my philosophy is just simply be they OBAC can't uh, uh, do what the local or the local church can't do what OBAC does, but OBAC, we, we need the local church. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun ministry and I'm really proud of our staff. Uh, we've got incredible staff. Uh, I look forward to, as James comes on, we get to look deeper at uh, the ministry that we're doing around the state and, uh, you know, I heard this statement recently that it's not necessarily that you need to go start new programs. Sometimes you just need to ask harder questions about where you are and what you're doing. And and uh, I believe uh, that as we uh, James kicks off his presidency, I think we're going to get to really ask good, hard questions about the ministry that we're doing uh, and uh, go deeper with uh, what's happening in uh, culture today and ministering and sharing the gospel of Jesus in hard places. Yeah. So with the children's home, you know, that's a just I feel like that's just such an incredible uh, ministry that I, I love being a part of. Um, and then with Send Relief, uh, you know, they approached me. They're, they've opened up a, a ministry center here in Oklahoma City. And that's it's, a it's, 80, yeah, 89th it's, west it's, of Penn? Yeah, um, off of Southwest 89th. Mm-hmm. What's between the elementary Penn and Penn? right across from? Uh, right across from Fairview Elementary. I always forget that, yeah. So um, basically they bought it. It's an old uh, Penn South Church of Christ. Uh, and... Uh, thankful for you know those guys and uh, that, but we've taken that location. They took it and basically gutted it out, remodeled it. So when we started this ministry, it was basically here's a building, um, here's some areas that we want you to focus on, but um, it's you know kind of started from scratch. And so this last six months, we've been doing that. Um, in fact, we just hit five months uh, this week in. Uh, meeting with from meeting with our volunteers uh, we've we primarily have had Southern Hills has been a huge blessing uh, with uh, their investment with volunteers and uh, we've got about 70 volunteers that are working with us through there Um, journeyman uh, we had Madison uh, Childress that was sent uh, came as a journeyman so she's here for two years has been a huge help Uh, but with the ministry center it's one of 20 that are around the nation and we're getting to uh, learn and be a part of uh, other ministry centers that have been doing some really cool work around the nation. You're familiar with right. what happened with New Orleans and, um, and, uh, and then getting to work with uh, ministry centers in Chicago and L.A. and New York City and, um, and just different uh, locations of what they're doing in their cities and how those cities are responding. Uh, so 
that's been fun for me to be able to learn from others and uh, to be able to see the ministry that's taken place around our nation. Um, but with the Sin Relief Center, uh, the cool thing about it is, is this is cooperative mon program money that's at work. Um, and so, you know, when Emmaus, when anybody gives to Emmaus, I love how our budget is, and a lot of Southern Baptist churches are this way, that a portion of their money is, uh, percentage is going to help uh, support the cooperative program. That's supporting the work that we're doing. And uh, so basically everything that's happening in that building right now is taken care of by the cooperative program. And then what we're, what we're doing, my prayer is, is that this is going to be community investing in community. So we partner with uh, more public schools. Uh, we've always had a great relationship with them from here to Mayus and thankful for all of those guys. But uh, we are partnering with more to do their food and clothing. Um, and we feel like that's going to be a good anchor ministry to anything that we do. Right. Um, mainly just that seems to be obviously a very basic need that uh, covers a lot of different areas. And uh, so we had this last week, we had all of our elementary school, junior high, senior high school counselors uh, in our building. Uh, we did lunch. We got to share about what's taking place there. But basically, we moved uh, food and clothing from, uh, mainly clothing from one of the elementary schools at Santa Fe Elementary. And we're able to help staff that with volunteers, go through uh, donations, and then uh, come alongside our schools uh, and make that available. So one of one of my philosophies always has been that uh, by partnering with people like our public schools or local law enforcement, they're they're seeing the greatest needs right oh, there yeah. on the front lines. Yeah. And so getting to partner with them immediately puts us in touch with what's happening in our community and uh, some very hard things, but also at the same time coming alongside those who are teachers and principals and counselors, uh, our law enforcement, and giving them resources to be able to kind of help them with where they are. Uh, you know, they're coming across needs constantly. How can we help a child and their family? And we've already run into several instances that, um, that have come up because of the schools and because of the relationship there and being able to, to help care for. Uh, and, and, and I've been very upfront, you know, we're going to pray with people that are coming <laughs> right. through our building. Yeah. Uh, we want to share the hope of Jesus, but we want to be able to uh, care for them first and be able to uh, just simply pray for our community and to, to do that. But with our partnership, basically our schools are collecting food, they're collecting clothes, and we're just now uh, probably going to be, uh, we will be getting out to our churches um, now that we kind of know what we're doing a sure. little bit yeah. with that. Yeah, you're, you're building this plan as you're going. Yeah, yeah and uh, so now we'll be able to partner with our churches and uh, so I think with uh, schools and churches uh, that uh, we're going to be able to collect uh, items just to simply kind of go right through that building to go right back out into the community. I think one of my favorite parts about, as hard as it was not to have you on staff here anymore, one of my favorite parts about this new season of life is so many of the things you've done in your past you know, are coming into what you're doing now. I mean, you, right. you spent years and years and years investing in the public schools yeah. while you were here at Emmaus, and now you're getting to continue to do that. And the other part of that is your love for the children's home mm -hmm. in some way reflects your, your own upbringing. And yeah. so yeah. there are probably people listening to this who know you, love you, been around you for a long time. They may not know your testimony. They may not know your story. Right. So give us, uh, 
give us a rundown of, of God's work in your life early in your life and how that led to salvation and then called to ministry. Kind of give us that backstory and it'll help people know even more why you love the children's home and all yeah, the things that happened yeah. there. Yeah, so I think about as a kid growing up, I grew up at a place called Cal Farley's Boys Ranch out by Amarillo, Texas. My parents were house parents um, and uh, we went out there. Um, they started taking care of uh, younger boys ages like five to eight, nine years old. And so there were about 10 boys and then me and my three brothers. Uh, and then they moved in transition to an older uh, boys dorm where there were 24 boys and then us four boys uh, where they were taking care of uh, uh, boys. Uh, and these, these guys were from really all over the nation. Um, and uh, there were 400 guys out there. Uh, oh, wow. We had our own school system. I always joke, it never comes across really well, but I always joke <laughs> that we didn't have a pretty girl in our school. Uh, it always, always, <laughs> always offends someone when I say that until I give them a little bit of the context of what's happening. So, but all of our staff girls, the staff kids, they all the girls were bused 11 miles away to a school district in Cheney, Texas. and. Uh, so anyways, uh, always joke about that, but uh, it was a fun uh, uh, area. Now, I was ready to move on when I was there, <laughs> but I look back on the experiences that I had and um, just the all the things that we got to do. I mean, we were a 3A school district. We had no business being in a 3A school district, but we played uh, football, wrestling. You know, you did track and and, um, and then rodeo. We, we did a rodeo every Labor Day weekend. We'd have 10,000 people come out to oh, a rodeo. Wow. and. Wow. It was a lot of fun, um, and uh, it's not that I was good at anything, but I got to experience a lot of great <laughs> things uh, because of my experience uh, there at Boys Ranch. And so with my p parents being house parents, uh, my dad passed away back in 95, and I remember um, when my mom left, I mean, it was pretty much with nothing. Um, and, you know, just because they provide housing, they do all of this and so watching her make that transition into regular life uh, was kind of hard she was a champ and she did incredible things uh, and today she's you know just doing really well but um, it it has always given me a heart for those who are doing our child care work here in our state uh, and you know when I moved to Emmaus my first week on the job I I went next door and met Rob Phillips and said, you know, hey, my name is Jim. I, I just want to be around you guys and help in any way that we can. And, and so from that first week, you know, 22 years ago, um, getting to uh, visit with them and try to come alongside them and care for them in any way that we can. So today I feel like I'm getting to be on the front lines with they're on the front lines, but I get to. Uh, help to make decisions that are caring for our staff so that if, you know, there is something that happens in their lives, uh, we're helping them to prepare for that next season of life, whatever that may be. And uh, I love that investment. Yeah. I'm so proud of our staff and, and the hard work that they do on a daily basis. And a lot of them, I mean, you know, when I say that uh, they do what the church can't do, uh, one of the, the things that I've always struggled with is, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of just a handout. And uh, the Children's Home really provides, Kennedy mentioned that with Hope is Alive, that 24-7 care of that long-term discipleship that you get to see in somebody's life. And, and we've been able to see right. that life change happen yeah. with single moms that we've seen that are attending here at Emmaus and uh, all of that. So it's, it's fun to see that. But anyways, I'm going to get back to my yeah. testimony. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> growing up at Boys Ranch, it, it just, um, and when I was uh, between my um, 
sophomore, junior, junior, senior year, I went to, I, my aunt went to Memorial Baptist Church in Tulsa. And she invited me to go to Falls Creek with their youth group. <laughs> Well, one of the reasons I went is because there were girls <laughs> at Boys Ranch. Any opportunity you had to leave to be able to meet girls, you did take it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many ways. You're um, not the first person to ever go to Falls Creek just because I, of the girls. I'm, so, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty aware of that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, but at the same time, I had the opportunity to go to Falls Creek, and, and Ken Surrett was a youth pastor there, and uh, Ken's a great friend today. Um, but they invited me to go, so I went. I went to the week of Falls Creek, and they used to have the old Bible study pavilions. Oh, yeah. uh, And they would do a book of the Bible. And I went to a Bible study pavilion over the book of Philippians. And I remember, uh, I think it was was Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. Oh, I know it was Tuesday morning. And sitting on the back row of one of those little pavilions, it was really hot. And the teacher just started reading through Philippians, and he was teaching it, but he came across Philippians 121. And it says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I'm a firm believer because of that very moment, I believe that God spoke to my heart that, Jim, this verse, uh, uh, you, um, I just needed to learn what this meant uh, for, uh, for me to live as Christ. And uh, I went to a, a friend by the name of Don and uh, to Ken Surratt uh, that night just talking about asking questions about what does it mean to to live for me to live to be like Christ? And at that time, I had a lot of uh, stuff going on uh, from uh, growing up. So it was it was just God just really got a hold of my heart that night, and I trusted Christ, my Lord and Savior, uh, and uh, just repented of my sins and trusting Him, and and began to just that week just soak it in. So all of a sudden, you know, my whole focus <laughs> changed. Uh, and I was really thankful for that church um, because they just kind of took me in. And I remember that Friday night, um, you know, there were two old, uh, I say old, they're, they're probably my age now, <laughs> older old cooks. Uh, and uh, I'll never forget, they said, uh, Jim, you're going to go back and you're going to be a missionary where you live. Well, I'd, I'd never heard the word mission. I didn't know what yeah. that meant. And um, so I started kind of fleshing this out and so we got back uh, to uh, uh, Tulsa on that Saturday, on that next Sunday night. I didn't wait for my parents. I didn't wait for anybody. I was baptized uh, that Sunday night uh, there at uh, Memorial with their Falls Creek service. And then on Monday, I, uh, I left and went back home. Oh, wow. And uh, so I went back home uh, to Boys Ranch. And I'll never forget, you know, it's, it's just discovering what does this mean to be a follower of Christ? What does this look like? And I went to the one person that I thought I could talk to about my relationship with Christ. And it was actually a chaplain. And, uh, um, you know, I, he was one of those guys that I only see on Sunday mornings. And uh, so I went to him and shared with him what, uh, what had happened in my life. You know, I trusted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I've repented my sins and, and I want to follow him and, and uh, wanted to let you know. And I just remember him looking at me going, well, that's nice, Jim. That's very, very nice. And he walked away. And I thought, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what and, not to do when someone tells you Right, that, so. yeah. So, um, so thankfully, the Lord sent a gentleman by the name of Joel Popafus. And Joel is now in Chicago and working in university athletics. And uh, Joel uh, be- took me under his wing and began to disciple me. And, uh, and then I graduated from high school and the... 
you know, at Boys Ranch, you, you had to leave the day you graduated high school. So I oh, turned wow. my robe in. I had 400 bucks in my pocket, and I had my everything that had belonged to me in the back of my little truck. And I drove to Tulsa because that's where I knew believers were. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I knew that, you know, I, I had a group of people that could help me understand what it meant to, to follow Jesus. And um, so as I got there, I found... Uh, with the help of my aunt and uncle, uh, found a little place. It was an old maid's quarters down <laughs> off of Utica, 40 bucks a week. And uh, I started living there. I started, I was working construction, uh, you know, found out that all of those big yellow uh, vehicles are not all diesel. And, <laughs> uh, uh, so hadn't found that art the hard way. But uh, anyway, started doing construction work. And then I think in that, that December, I started working for Amico Oil. Uh, and um, started working in their mail room, uh, delivering mail all over the building and all that, and it was fun. I promoted up through there. Uh, but anyways, that's, uh, and and Lord just kept putting people in my life at that time, in that season of my life, that just poured into me. And I think about, um, uh, you know, uh, Lindy Apon and Guy Grimes and men that, that God just continued to, to pour into my life, Jay Allen, John Wheeler, uh, men that just um, kept investing in me, and I'm thankful for that. Anyways, uh, so uh, doing that, and then in 1989, I had the opportunity uh, to uh, go out and do an interim youth pastor at First Baptist Church Piedmont under Steve Dighton. And uh, that October 1st, uh, Steve uh, hired me, he and First Baptist Church hired me to be his part-time youth pastor. I was so new to this. I was <laughs> learning, and I was there for uh, about three years. And and then Ken Surrett called me. He was at Henderson Hills and asked if I'd be interested in coming over as a youth associate. And for me, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer. I had the opportunity to be able to go learn, right. and I, I I was very grateful for Piedmont and all of that. But, but Ken, I mean, Ken goes back to your salvation story. Oh, yeah, story. yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, the chance to go spend time with him. So the opportunity to be able to learn from him and do ministry under him and alongside him was incredible. And then I uh, was there for a year and a half, two years, and then went to Wilmot Place Baptist Church. Brooke and I, uh, I met at Henderson Hills um, and uh, got engaged. So this year we're going to be celebrating 30 years of marriage. Wow. And so in 1993... I moved uh, first. My first week at Wilmot was their first week at Falls Creek, which I would never recommend for a youth pastor. <laughs> and that's almost uh, what we did. To Cody. Say, that's, that's close that's to Cody's close story. Cody's story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, I had the opportunity to be able to go there, and, and Brooke and I had incredible ministry there. Just wonderful people, wonderful church. Eight years of ministry there, and then um, uh, Mike Booth called me uh, and. Uh, asked if I'd be interested in putting my submitting my name for associate pastor here, uh, and anyways, I met Mike at Henderson Hills. He oh, led yeah. Brooke to the Lord and baptized her, and and um, uh, anyways, her, him, and Dave Neely and some credible people invested in us there. But uh, then we spent you know the next uh, twenty one years here at Emmaus, so it's been really good. I, I never get tired of hearing your story, Jim. And I even learned some things in that in that telling of it that that I didn't realize. Um, man, that is that's powerful. I mean, I think as you think about that story, uh, number one, volunteer to help in the preschool. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's a good place to start. Like uh, loving on these these moms and kids who come. We really do thank you for how you do that. And then the number of names you rattle off, Jim. 
just about people who have invested in your oh, life. Yeah. And, and I think we don't always realize the influence, the impact that, that we have because any of those people you mentioned, they would have never in those moments known the impact that they were having. No, you no, know, not but at all. it's just regular everyday followers of Jesus who loved you, cared for you. And I think that's such a beautiful part of of the story there. So we've always joked about what we really need with this podcast is just to turn the mic on for about 14 hours and let Jim tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really, that's the podcast everyone's looking for, which we may have to come back to the, to that. And so uh, Jaron and, and I earlier, we were talking about, hey, you know, what stories should we tell? And Jaron was like, oh, that, nope, can't tell that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, by the way, I, I need to pick on you guys for a second. This oh, morning worship was incredible. But Owen, as you came out on stage, you you, you made the statement Uh-oh. that uh, that Jaron warned you about there was going to be kind of a pause, oh, a pause. Yeah. in music, and that you wouldn't come out. I made the horrible mistake probably probably about four times, five times over my years of ministry here to me. I think it's been more than five times. <laughs> Somebody would quit singing, and I would walk up. Now I would. I mean, one time. Oh, it's horrible. I'm standing right there in the middle of the worship team, and I'm just standing there. And we probably had, yeah, oh, yeah. You so, definitely made it to the top step. They're, they're, oh, I was on stage. More than the in top between. step. Yeah. And, About uh, face. Yeah, walk so, off. you know, there were a lot of times where I would do that. But I, I remember one time in particular when I did it, and uh, Jim, you have the such church great thanked me for it. stopping the person. <laughs> so, oh, sorry yeah. to cut you off. <laughs> no, you have a great <laughs> singing voice, though. You belong on stage. Yeah, that's what they were trying to do. They were just trying to get you on stage. <laughs> no, no, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, anyway, so yeah, lots of interruptions. Uh, yeah, so. so so many fun fun stories there. So, well, Jim, as we wrap up, what what is the what do you want to share with the church family? I know you don't get to spend as much time around people now as you'd like to here because new season of ministry, yeah, but yeah. what's God doing in your heart? What's your two-minute sermon to Emmaus that, that you just want to just want to share with people um, what God's doing in your heart? What, what would you want to say as we wrap up? Well, I think like this morning, I, I would encourage our church family to listen to your sermon this morning, you know, just uh, to be mindful, to be watchful. And you sh- shared one of your points this morning, just talked about pursuing holiness, pray, and serve. Pursue holiness, pray, and serve. And I, I loved how you put it. Do your job. And I th- and I, I immediately thought about this: that a lot of times we've made ministry to be some. We've uh, some people have made it to be out this vocation or pr- professional type of vocation, and we've we've put ministry that away. But to think about this, what we're doing with schools and law enforcement. Everybody has the opportunity to be able to serve Jesus right where they oh, that's are. That's right. Yeah. And so that we would be uh, walking with our eyes wide open and hands ready, available, and basically looking at how God's at work around us uh, and, um, you know, seeing the needs among us and seeing those people who are not, uh, you know, that are invisible to society, that uh, those needs are there. And I'm thankful. That's where we're going to, you know, look at partnering with other people is uh, it puts them right on the front. So I would say that we pursue holiness, uh, that we pray and that we serve. And just like you mentioned, whether that's serving here in the local church, uh, whether that's serving in your job, whatever it is, God has put us specifically right where we are for the purpose of glorifying him. And I'm thankful for this church family 
And I, I, I do want to give a shout out to our church that, you know, one of the things of doing director of human resources, uh, thanks for the church to the church for investing me and my family all these years. Uh, Emmaus takes really good care of our staff. There's always things that we look and we can improve and, and, uh, but I'm really thankful. And I know our staff, I know you guys Absolutely. are as oh, well, yeah. just mm-hmm. the, how faithful our church is. And it's fun to be able to see, uh, how God's blessed Emmaus, uh, through the years and, um, just thankful for that. So I would say just simply this, pr- uh, pursue holiness, pray and serve. I, I loved that point Thanks. of your sermon this morning and that as we uh, continue to look uh, to Jesus coming, that Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, yeah. that we would just be reminded um, that we just keep our eyes focused on him. And no matter what's happening uh, in our lives, that we're pursuing him. Jim, I'm thankful for hmm. what you just said there is what I saw in you know, seven years of knowing you, and these guys have known you obviously much longer, but it's neat to see that even though you're in a different season of life, that core message of who you are hasn't changed. And I think that speaks volumes about who you are as a man of God, that all those things that you just said, you could have said those two years ago, mm-hmm. and now you're saying them in the same way. And I, I just think yeah. that that speaks to your integrity and who you are as a man of God. Uh, Jaren, yes. we're going to save the stories, but I, I, want, so. you, I want you Find to... Find me on church uh, probably Sunday. Name. Probably a good name. Probably helps us <laughs> yeah. with, you know, yeah. you know, keeping our jobs and all that good stuff. So, uh, But I do want to give you a chance to uh, to pray over your friend and as we wrap up. So would you pray pray for Jim as we, as we wrap up? Let's pray. God, I'm just uh, so uh, humbled today just to be able to hang out with my friend Jim again. And uh, Lord, just just the idea of friendship. Lord, how incredibly kind you were to me uh, to allow me the opportunity to know Jim and the Lehu family and now get to serve with his daughter. Kennedy is just a, just an incredible blessing. And Lord, I'm, I am thankful for the impact that we can have on each other and the encouragement we can receive from one another. And uh, Lord, we, we know that, that that credit goes to you, that we are a workmanship you've uh, created us in Christ Jesus to do good works that you prepared in advance to do and uh, that's certainly a testimony in Jim's life Um, Lord how his willingness but most importantly God your grace in his life has positioned him to love and invest in so many and I am so humbled to be counted among those and uh, so Lord we just thank you for your work in your church and what you're doing and what you have done and what you will do. And uh, we we thank you for that. I pray over Jim as he continues in his new role uh, with the children's home and sin relief. God, we just uh, know that the good works you've prepared for him to do will continue. And uh, we look forward to celebrating uh, with him and, uh, and what uh, you're going to be doing in those ministries and putting him there. So, God, we just thank you for your kindness to save us. To create in us a new heart, uh, to love you and love others. And it's your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you, Emmaus. We'll see you again soon. Thanks, Emmaus. And we do love Jim's goatee. That is impressive. <laughs> He's trying to keep up with his brother. Do we? Uh, do we? <laughs> his daughter says. So one day we need yeah. video. Uh, you should have heard him talking to my ne- to our baby cousin this morning. He's pointing out his goatee, like, whoa, it's gotten longer. (laughs) I love it. Are we still recording? We're still recording. Okay. See you, man. Bye.